Welcome to the Lifestyle You Podcast. I'm your host and health and fitness coach, Jenna Altman, and I'm so glad that you're here. Health and fitness don't have to be that complicated. Do you want to achieve a body you're proud of, gain physical and mental energy, and grow your confidence without giving up date night with your partner or starving yourself? The Lifestyle You Podcast will provide you with the tools that you need to make your health and fitness fit into your lifestyle, not the other way around. The stories, lessons, and actionable takeaways from original episodes and guest interviews on this podcast will not only allow you to break through those limiting fears and beliefs, but also find freedom and confidence in the way that you move and fuel your body so that you can live your strongest, healthiest, and happiest life. Welcome back to the Lifestyle You Podcast. Today, I have a very special friend and guest joining us today, and her name is Britt Nicholson. Britt is a registered holistic nutritionist who helps women create long-lasting, healthy habits while perfecting poop, increasing energy, and beating burnout. This is not the first time we've said poop on the show. We're going to be talking <laughs> about it. You guys know I love talking about but well, let's welcome Britt here today. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Of course. I'm so, I'm so pumped to have you here because today we're going to be talking about stress and how that kind of correlates to our overall health, especially in terms of digestion and gut health. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, I don't, we can talk about how this shows up for you and your clients, but for my clients and just, I think so many people in the world are just struggling with this idea of both burnout, stress, taking on more than they can handle. Right. And that hustle culture that we've been a part of for a really long time. And so I have a lot of clients who, one of the main things we are constantly working on is stress management. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people think it's a little like, why am I focusing on this? Why is this important? Why does this matter? Why does this impact my journey? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we're going to cover a lot of that on this episode today. So I think it'd be really helpful for our listeners, but yeah, Britt, I would just love to know kind of how that shows up for your clients. And then also we'll dive a little bit more into your story as a coach and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I, this is a topic that I am very passionate about, I think, because it played a huge role in my own health and wellness journey. I struggled a lot uh, growing up and in my early twenties with anxiety, you know, the classic PMS symptoms, feeling fatigued and all of these, like this kind of like hurricane of symptoms that I just couldn't really figure out what was causing. And the anxiety was the biggest one for me. I am a very like high stress person, but it was starting to get to the point where it was really impacting my life socially and my work life. And it wasn't until that I decided to pursue formal education in holistic nutrition that I really began to form those connections between our thoughts and emotions and things like digestion. And, and for me, I was going through a really stressful period in my life. It was like a huge period of change. I was 22. I just graduated university. I'm now faced with like all of these student loans, starting my first like career and go, moving back in with my parents after like five years of being away and all of these things were just so stressful and combined that with, you know, my childhood of consistent antibiotic use, my processed food intake, my high caffeine intake, my sugar intake, all of these things just compounded for like the perfect storm and science, uh, stress was like a really big role and a really big factor in there. 
from someone, I also have an undergrad in biological science. So I have this really good scientific foundation. I just like, couldn't understand why, you know, my morning trip to the coffee shop, which like my coffee was more sugar than coffee, probably why and how that was impacting my anxiety. And I was really like making things worse. So I'm super excited to dive into this stress topic today. And I, I think especially with our world right now, it's so easy to feel that burnout because not only are we connected all the time, but you know, many of us are working from home. It almost feels like you're never shutting off work. And in addition to that, uh, our foods are, you know, becoming more and more processed. There's more, more additives, there's more sugar and hidden food intolerances. So we're kind of living in that perfect storm to create stress in the body. Yeah. I love that. I love your story. I mean, I hate that you experienced that, but I think that a lot of people can relate to that story and myself included. I came from a very stressed background. Um, and I definitely, like, since I, I remember as a kid, like my mom would say, even at a very young age, she's like, I don't know why you're so anxious, like just as a child. And yeah. I was like, and I remember those feelings so well. Mm-hmm. And I let that identity just be part of me. And it's mm-hmm. not that, you know, we're not talking about like how to get rid of anxiety or anything like that. But I remember being like, well, I just need to get rid of it. I just need to get rid of it, which is not really what it's like, right? We need to manage it. And we can actually do a lot of that even on the back end of things in terms of our nutrition and the way that we are living our lives. And people tend to miss that connection. So this is awesome. I'm just so excited. And I actually didn't know that part of your story yet. So it was really cool (laughs) to hear. And it makes complete sense why you are in the position that you are in now. So you have a specific like holistic nutritionist title. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know, like, what does holistic mean to you? That's obviously a word that's kind of thrown around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that I use in my coaching as well, but just curious to hear like what that means for you and how that shows up in your coaching practices. Absolutely. So I think it's first important to say that like, just because you are holistic, you know, quote unquote, doesn't mean that you're not rooted in science. I think there are some common misconceptions that, you know, if you're holistic, you're anti-science or research, and that's definitely not it. I have a scientific background as well. And I'm, um, I feel like a really good fusion of that holistic and that, that science approach. Um, but when it comes to a holistic approach for me, it's looking at the body as a whole. So it's not just about what you're eating. Of course, that's important. But what we'll learn today, your thoughts and emotions around mealtime are equally as important. Um, Your stress levels, again, so your sleep, your energy levels, your how like how much you're moving your body, all of these things play an important role. And if we were to simply look at Canada's food guide, or I mean, you're in the States, but you know, it's a it's not a good representation of what we need biochemically as individuals. Like, I mean, I like how Canada's Food Guide has been reorganized and structured, but I think it's really important still to recognize that we are all individual 
And we have individual needs. Like for example, someone like yourself, who's incredibly active is going to have completely different nutritional needs than someone who is less active or someone who's a runner versus a weightlifter mm-hmm. or someone who is menopausal versus premenopausal, someone who's anxious or going through periods of stress, which we'll talk about, um, will require some additional nutrients and someone who isn't. So for me, holistic is it's all encompassing. It's, it's the whole body. It's looking at the, the puzzle pieces, um, how we can shift those around, um, to create this whole picture of, of optimal health that leaves you feeling like more energy, better poops, less burnout and less stress. And I should say like, it's not about getting rid of stress. That's not realistic. And stress can be productive, but it's when, you know, stress becomes more than we're able to, to handle that we have that chronic unrelenting stress that produces the issues. Yes. Yes. I, and I'm just thinking back to when I first started my own health and fitness journey and how irrelevant all of this stuff was, right. I was not taking a holistic approach. All I cared about was how my body looked, right. Yeah. How my body looked. That was basically it. How much I yeah. weighed on the scale. Like I never took all of these things into account. And I feel like so many people can be so hyper-focused on that. Right. Mm -hmm. And not feel this need to pay attention to these other factors, but literally you just shared and you're going to continue to share through this episode, how, how all of this is intertwined within the Mm -hmm. same puzzle. And I also really like that you touched on this idea of optimal health. What influences were in your life that allowed you to really like take this holistic approach And I guess it really does come back to your story, but any other like big influences that led you to this path of pursuing optimal health and helping your clients do that as well? Yeah. uh, As much as my story, when I went through, that was a a huge factor in me going down this road, but also, you know, I have a lot of diabetes in my family and my, you know, parents can don't have the best dietary habits. I decided when I was 14 that I wanted to be a vegetarian. And I was like, you know, started cooking for myself at that point. And I really wasn't doing it well initially. And I wanted to dive into nutrition to make sure I was supporting myself the best way possible. And, you know, I liked what you said in terms of, you know, your story as well, and having, being so focused on the scale And when I'm working to create sustainable lifestyle habits for my clients, that's one thing that we talk about, like, because a lot of people come to me wanting to lose weight, but they're also incredibly stressed. Their gut is off, their digestion is off. And I'm like, well, what would losing weight like make you feel? And they're like, well, I would feel more energy. I'd be able to play with my grandkids or my kids. And I would, you know, um, be better to have a better sleep at night. And, you know, maybe my blood pressure might go down. And I was like, okay, well, let's focus on those things because the number on the scale is not going to be a good indication of your progress. If, uh, you know, I think we would, I think it's a way better to focus on that, the sleep, the stress, the energy levels and your weight will fall where it may. And I think those other things are really good indicators for health. Yes. I love that. And that's definitely a good reframe, um, for a lot of people who are focused on weight loss. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and like you said, it often goes the opposite way, right? So when you can get stress managed, when you can improve your digestion, when you Mm -hmm. can increase your energy, a lot of the time, that's going to influence weight loss in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And it's hard though, to get people there, like to wrap their heads around that and to kind of work 
from the inside out, right. Instead of just the outside in. Um, and I love, I love how you kind of just shared that about how you approach that with your clients. That's awesome. Um, I think and- too, it's really important to like mention that, like, I mean, we can get into this further, but if we're stressed and we're like hyper-focused, on weight loss, stress can really get in the way of that Mm -hmm. weight loss journey. Right. So when we're hyper-focused on that one goal and it's something that is stressing us out, you want to fit into a dress, you want to do this. It's really going to get in the way like that mindset. And I know you talk about mindset a lot, but it's kind of, it's, it's creating this, um, stress response in the body potentially, which is going to make it, um, it's going to make it really difficult to lose that weight if that's your goal. Yeah. And people don't realize like the stress from stressing out about losing weight is the stressor in itself as well. And that always like, just, yeah, it just is like compounding and at that point. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about how stress actually plays a role in our overall health. And we can dive a little bit more into the science here. Um, but really touching on, you know, how that affects digestion and gut health. I know those are your two specialties. So would love to talk about that. Yes, this is my jam. So the science behind our stress, so like stress is defined as a physical, physiological, or psychological force that disrupts the state of balance in the body. So prolonged stress that is not appropriately managed by the body is a huge contributing factor to a lot of diseases. Cortisol is a stress hormone produced by our adrenal glands in response to stress. So our adrenal glands are located above our kidneys and they are really important in producing a number of different hormones. Um, But cortisol, our stress hormone is a really big one. And we need cortisol to regulate blood sugar, blood pressure and immune system function. It governs our hunger cravings, digestion, sleep, wake patterns, physical activity, and our ability to deal with stress. We get issues when we have chronically high cortisol levels. They should really be fluctuating throughout the day. Cortisol is traditionally higher in the morning when we wake up and it really wanes off throughout the day so that we're able to sleep better at night. So in the body, what happens is like when we encounter a stressor, cortisol mobilizes blood sugar. It diverts blood away from digestion towards skeletal muscles for that fight or flight response. So you're raising your blood pressure. So lots of blood gets to your brain. This is designed to protect you from imminent danger. Like if you're a zebra running away from a lion. The issue is that in modern society and, you know, with the life that we're all living, we are evoking that same stress response. Like we are zebras running away from our issues of job security, financial concerns, um, you know, finding the time in the day to do all the things that you need doing. We don't need to run from those things. So what we're left with is, you know, our uh, blood sugar levels are skewed and cortisol levels are high. Cortisol, you know, triggers for fat deposition around the abdomen in particular to really protect us from this stress. Um, We might find that we're um, experiencing more inflammation because stress in the body um, really can produce these free radicals if we're not getting enough antioxidant um, antioxidants in through our diet, then, you know, that those free radicals can contribute to inflammation. So, you know, we aren't being chased around by angry lions. This, this elevated cortisol can be associated with 
increased appetite and food cravings, increased body fat, decreased muscle mass, increased anxiety, increased depression, mood swings, even reduced libido, memory impairment, and those PMS symptoms can be involved as well. And, you know, when it comes to digestion and gut health, there's a huge connection between stress and our ability to adequately digest our food. So what happens is with chronic, again, stress isn't going to be gone forever. I still have stress, but with chronic unrelenting or unmanaged stress over time, there are those physical effects on the body. Like I said, we're shifting from our rest and digest nervous system into that fight or flight. We want to be in rest and digest for digestion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So stress initially is going to increase stomach hydrochloric acid production, which can contribute to indigestion, acid levels increase. You might experience heartburn, gastritis, even ulcer problems. And as these acid levels increase, the pancreas is called upon more frequently to release alkaline enzymes to help balance this acidity. Now, what you get over time with chronic stress is low stomach acid as you really deplete these resources, reduced function of the pancreas, resulting in poor assimilation and digestion of nutrients. So it's really important that we support that rest and digest nervous system. Also for the fact that like we have increased metabolism and heightened energy demands when we are going through periods of stress as well, our body utilizes more carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And actually there are many vitamins and minerals depleted by stress as well, like magnesium, B vitamins, again, our antioxidants like vitamins, A, C, and E zinc, selenium. There's such a long list because our body is utilizing these things more because, you know, again, we have that increased blood pressure. We're running away from these lions, but we're not doing it. Um, so there's, there's a really strong connection between that stress and digestion, largely connected to our ability to produce enough stomach acid to digest our food. And then also there's like that mind gut connection, right? Mm -hmm. So our gut is so closely connected to our mind and vice versa. So if you think about the foods that you're eating, like say you have a high sugar or a lot of processed foods in your diet and you're feeding these bad bacteria in our gut, which are sending signals to our brain of stress and anxiety, maybe depression, the opposite is true as well. If you are anxious and stressed, your brain can actually impact your gut. Um, And this is through a number of different mechanisms in there's one really big nerve connecting our brain and our gut. That's our vagus nerve. And there's tons of other, other little nerves that shoot off of it. And then also there's chemical messengers in the body that are going between the brain and the gut. So, you know, a lot of us think of, okay, if we eat this, or many of us might think of, you know, we're eating something. If I feel an effect mentally, that food's not necessarily agreeing with me. For me, that's sugar for sure. I get really irritable and anxious if I have too much sugar, but the opposite is true too, right? Have you ever had like a stressful situation or an anxiety inducing situation? You feel butterflies in your stomach. That's like the brain talking to the rest of the GI tract. So there's definitely a lot of connections with regards to digestion. 
And I think, I mean, that was a lot of information. But <laughs> <laughs> it was all good, though. It's so good. I mean, it's so fascinating. And I think people need to know these connections, mm-hmm. right? And um, we're actually reading in our my client book club, we're doing the Mind Gut Connection, that book. Mm. Which That's is one of my little, favorite books. It's great, but it's a little challenging to get through. So instead, just listen to Brit's summary right there. That kind, <laughs> yeah. of, that kind of just took a good summary of what happens between your brain and your gut. But yeah, I love I love how you tied that in as well. And it's crazy how impactful stress <sighs> can be on the body. And it's it's like we don't know any of that. And we're not taught any of that, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you learn that. And I think, you know, if you go to the doctor and you say, Hey, I'm really struggling with stress and anxiety. Like, are they going to draw the connections that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're making over here? Like maybe, maybe not. And I love this topic because it can be really challenging to grasp, but it's also, there are tangible things that we can kind of put into place to help Mm -hmm. you work through this. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about in a minute here. But I do want to talk about like, how might this this elevated stress response, this elevated cortisol, constantly living in that fight or flight mode. How can this affect someone's quality of life and longevity? How have you seen that with clients? Like maybe when they first come into you, what does that kind of look like? Oh, absolutely. I think it's important to note as well that like we think of stress as mental stress, right? But it it can be in a number of different, it can manifest in a number of different ways. Like caffeine, high sugar diets, chronic alcohol intake, chronic inflammation, um, cigarette smoking, or even excessive exercise. All of these things are stressors on the body, even if we're mentally not stressed. So, you know, we talked about the the role of those adrenals in producing cortisol, right? So when we have those high um, circulating cortisol levels, um, because we're chronically stressed, we, what we get over time is weakened adrenal glands, Um, and those symptoms of a weakened adrenal glands, um, are things that I see in clients all the time. And even in myself, sometimes I know that I'm like, okay, I need some adrenal support. I need to support my stress. Um, and that might be, you know, inability to concentrate, um, excessive fatigue, salt cravings, um, waking up at 2am and not being able to fall back asleep. That's a really big one. Um, nervousness, irritability, digestive issues, Um, and even like immune system issues, because 70% of our immune system is located in our gut. We have stress impacts our gut. So these are all things in terms of like an optimal health standpoint that you will feel if you're feeling chronically stressed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long list. Right. And I think so many of us, I think so many people can listen to this and be like, oh, wow, I do, I do struggle with some of those things. And, um, you know, eventually that can lead into what we know as burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just an actual condition, right. Where you mm-hmm. have excess stress for an extended period of time. And that when I think of burnout, I think the biggest thing that I think about when I think about some of my clients is like that desire, the, the desire is not there like mm-hmm. for work, for your health and fitness, for some of these other things in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. that are important to you. And I think that that's a big red flag that we need to really support our stress management practices. We need to support our adrenals. We need to help Mm -hmm. our body and work with our body and not against it. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny that we're talking about this and the timing of this Brit, because I'm actually going through my own struggles in terms of gut health. And I actually really interestingly enough, I have no GI issues. Like I don't have any 
I go to the bathroom regularly. I will spare you guys from all the details, but I do go to the bathroom pretty regularly and I don't get GI upset after eating meals, no bloating, no things like that. Mm -hmm. But I have this, um, rash on my hands that I've had for years. And I, I think it's really common for people to not really understand how stress can kind of manifest itself in ways outside of just GI issues. And that, that is really interesting because you can have issues in your gut, but not be like feeling those in, in terms of like, like your poop health and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that tidbit because I'm kind of learning a lot in my own journey about like how my stress, like exactly what you just said, Britt is what I'm going through, how my stress for extended years, really like years of just not being able to manage stress has like reduced my stomach acid production. And I have an incredibly low immune system support. So I have low secretory IgA and therefore I have no barrier for the things that are coming into my gut. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like, (laughs) and even just like the connection that stress has to, like I said, inflammation and the role of inflammation in the gut. And, you know, uh, a lot, there's a really big inflammation connection there to the skin and acne, psoriasis, eczema. A lot of people don't connect that to, to our gut health. And I think that's where that holistic approach comes in. Like it's all connected. Yes. Yes. And it's been, it's been really challenging in some ways, but also like super exciting for me. Cause I'm like, I'm learning all this new knowledge and it's, and I'm actually like being able to apply it real time to my own self and my own yeah. struggle. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. And I am working with a nutritionist, um, who's helping me through this process. I'm not doing it on my own because, you know, I don't, I, I know enough about gut health to help clients with basic, basic things and maybe mm-hmm. some more complex things, but as far as the eczema connection, that was like, I totally out of my realm. Mm -hmm. So I'm at least learning and I'm excited about it because I'm getting answers and I'm starting to realize like, okay, yeah, there are some practices that I need. I thought I was doing a good job, but I think that there are more things that I need to be implementing in order to get my stress managed and in a better place. And and I would love to know just some of the practices that you share with your clients and and you personally, right? Mm -hmm. Like what are some things that you implement with clients in terms of ways of managing their stress or stress management? Absolutely. So a big one, of course, is our diet. Um, if we're getting a lot of high sugar, lots of caffeine, lots of processed or refined food options, those are going to have stress on the body just because of the effect that they have on our blood sugar and like our, and our hormones and, you know, the, the stress response to those types of foods is there. And the effect that they have in our gut, we want a healthy gut to have a healthy mind. That mind gut connection is very strong. So if we're getting a lot of sugar processed foods, um, yeah, like those refined carbs, those are going to feed that bad bacteria, which, which can contribute to inflammation and therefore stress and therefore, you know, it, it impacts our brain as well. So those are some big ones. Um, I know for myself in particular, like sugar really does impact me. And then in addition, like during periods of stress, it is very difficult because I know like it is, it's difficult to like make time for nourishing when you're feeling incredibly stressed. So I do encourage people to, you know, make that a self-care practice, you know, making a nourishing dinner is supportive of your stress and your anxiety levels. Um, So rather than tell yourself, you don't have time, like this is me 
you know, rather than a bubble bath and a face mask, your self-care is like you prepping a healthy meal. And we want a well-balanced meal. We want a good source of protein, fat, fiber, and yeah, just like prioritizing that because it's so easy. And I've been there myself where it's like, no, I have too much on my plate. I'm too stressed. I don't have time for this to spend like an hour in the kitchen. One, it doesn't have to be an hour. Two, you know, if you do find that that is you take advantage of meal prepping and batch cooking, or, you know, if you double or triple a dinner recipe, then you can have it for lunches throughout the week, really make use of that time in the kitchen um, and simplify it or work with a nutritionist who can really create a plan for you that can, that works with your lifestyle and really eliminates the guests, uh, the guesswork out of it for you. And then additionally, I would say a big thing too is over exercising. Like if you're doing like, you know, I know you mentioned before, like you'd want to get your HIIT workout in every single day. And I think it's really important to, to mix in some restorative forms of exercise that are, are exercise for the mind as well, like yoga or a simple walk, especially a walk in the forest. Being in nature is so stress reducing. Um, so get outside, experience some sunshine. And, you know, these are, these are some small things we can do, um, but they're big because if we're not used to doing them, making a nourishing meal might, might feel overwhelming. So find inspiration from some people you follow, maybe on Instagram or on Pinterest and try a new recipe out. But yeah, so I'd say a combination of foods that we're minimizing, increasing whole foods because we need added nutrients. We need fiber for blood sugar stability. We need protein and then, you know, some mindful movement and some other stress reduction methods would be if, uh, if you're able and this is your jam, like doing some journaling, mindfulness journaling is something that I'm really passionate about so that like, you know, every day you are thinking about like three to five things that you're grateful for that day. And this really helps us shift our mindset. Like we've talked about previously on the positive, like it's your mindset is, is the biggest factor. Sometimes if we can focus on five things that brought us joy or that we're grateful for that day, like maybe it's our morning coffee or matcha in my case, or maybe it's the, the walk we got on lunch with the dog. It doesn't have to be these grand things, but it allows us to really focus on the positive and that our mindset plays a really big role. Like if we're able to if we're able to mentally conquer these stressors, then it's, it's a big one. I, I usually use an analogy and I, I use this because I go rock climbing a lot with my husband, but I'm not a great rock climber. <laughs> and I use this one analogy because I find it really in a, indicative and like really helpful when it comes to thinking about stress and anxiety. Like I'm not really good at it, but I go because it's spending time with my husband and when you're at the bottom of the cliff and you're looking at the top, it's just overwhelming and daunting. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then sometimes when you're near the top and you look down and you're like freaking out. <laughs> so with anything, I think it's important. And with rock climbing, it's focusing on, you know, just that next spot that you're putting your hand and that next spot that you're putting your foot, you're not focusing on anything else. You're focusing on the now. And if your handhold is only an inch higher than it was previously, you might discover a new foothold and vice versa. So like, even if in your health and wellness journey, all you can do today is, you know, avoid 
um, or like, you know, do half sweet in your, in your Starbucks drink instead of full sweet. That's perfect. Uh, that's one inch closer. If one thing you can do is like batch your breakfast for the week, like a nice chia pudding that you can make, um, in bulk, that's amazing. And then maybe next week you'll add on something like, okay, I'm going to maybe start getting ready for bed a little sooner so I can get a good sleep in. Cause that's going to be supportive of my stress levels. Or, you know, maybe the next week it's like, I'm going to add one yoga class in this week. So I think it's really important not to let these things overwhelm you um, because we don't want this quote unquote overhaul on our life to be another stressor. It's supposed to be something that we're enjoying and taking it step by step. Um, And that's what I do with my clients. I work in small stepwise fashion so that I'm not stressing them out with these new recipes and with these new recommendations. So I would say just like, in addition to all the things I said, you know, take it one step at a time. So important. I think a lot of people go in with that idea of like the overhaul and I need Mm -hmm. to change all of these things right now. Yeah. And a lot of that ties back to maybe their weight loss goal. And they have like a certain date on that, that they want to be able to do that by. And that just makes it really challenging because as coaches, we're like, no, if we take on too much, we know how that works. <laughs> we know what happens, right? We want you to take a slow and steady approach and something that feels really manageable for you. And one of my favorite cli- questions to ask clients is like, how confident are you on a scale of one to five, like that you can accomplish this goal. And if you're not super confident, then let's scale it back. Right. I'd rather you be picking up something that feels really good and genuine to you and meets you where you're at, but pushes you a little bit outside your comfort zone. That's generally how I like to help people. So hopefully you guys can use that in your, in your own practices, but Britt, I would love. So basically the way that I tie up all of my podcast episodes is what I call the food for thought segment. And Mm -hmm. this is basically a single step, like it ties perfectly into what we're just talking about, but one thing or action item that people can take away from this episode in order to start implementing into their lives. So would love to hear if you had any ideas as far as what that could look like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with this one, I'm going to tie it back to digestion since, um, that's my favorite. Um, but if you are experiencing digestive issues, like maybe bloating or indigestion after meals, I would, um, my takeaway from this episode would be to practice stress management techniques around mealtime and focusing on mindful mealtimes. Now that might sound daunting, but it's as simple as maybe we turn off the TV while we're eating. Maybe if we're used to eating on the couch, we eat at the kitchen table without distractions. We chew our food thoroughly, or maybe we're setting our fork down in between bites so that we're not eating too quickly. And we are minimizing stressful conversations around dinner time and we're not eating on the go because that can be stressful. So we're sitting down to eat those mealtimes and we're just incorporating more mindfulness, paying attention to the thought, the smell, the taste of our food. And by minimizing those stressors at mealtime and being more mindful, you might notice an improvement in your digestion as well. I love it. I definitely always need those reminders because I'm, I can easily fall into like my husband. And I just started a rule at the dinner table. Um, like no phones at the dinner table. Right. Cause okay. it's, it's just so natural. Like I finish my meal and I go to look at something or I answer a client message or whatever it is. A lot of my work is done on my phone and that can be challenging to really <laughs> set that boundary. So I do, I really have to, that's it though. Even though I'm practicing this, it's, I, I have to be very intentional about it. Oh, me and too. I 
Yeah. And I think it will get, I think it gets easier too, as you continue practicing, right? It's just like any other habit, but so important that we're doing stuff like that for, for many different reasons. But I love that you brought that up because I feel like that's a perfect takeaway from today's episode that you guys can actually implement on your own journeys. So Britt, I would love to just finish and summarize with where our listeners can find you. So you can drop some of that here. I will put in the show notes, show notes as well, but would love to hear, um, yeah, where everybody can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at holistic Brit, B-R-I-T-T, nutrition. I also, uh, you can check out my website. I have some great blog posts on some of these topics and it is www.holisticbritnutrition.com. If you check out the the link in my bio on Instagram, I also have a little freebie. That's 10 easy steps you can take to beat the bloat today. Um, And we talk a little bit about mindfulness in there, but yeah, if you listen to this episode and you found some of this information resonating with you, I would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yay. And Britt also has her own podcast as well, which you guys will hear me on there. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one will come out beforehand, but either way, yes, it's, is it balanced with Britt? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The balance with Brit podcast. And we really do talk a lot about, you know, Jenna was on there talking about mindset and we talk about all the things we can do to um, encourage optimal health, but in a sustainable fashion, right? So it's realistic. It's real advice for real people. And I think it's more important to be realistic um, and consistent rather than perfect. So that's all about what my podcast is about. So yeah, come have a listen if you're interested. Yes. And I also love on Brit's episode, she has the one with, or the one where like the, in friends. And I yeah. was like, that is so cool. What a good idea. Um, <laughs> I love that. And I was so excited when I saw that on your podcast. So anyways, Brit, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that our listeners will get a lot of value out of this episode and yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to bring you back sometime soon yeah. and um, continue chatting with you, but thanks so much for listening guys. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle You podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review to help others discover the magic we're creating together. If there's someone in your life who could benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to forward it along to them. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jenna Ray Altman for more helpful content, resources, and good vibes. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you.